remember? Uh-uh. Well, believe it or not, you forgot where your own desk and locker were yesterday. Plus, you had the worst case of bedhead, and you didn't have your ribbon on either. <laughs> what? No way! Yeah, it was like you had amnesia or something. Now that you mention it, I do feel like I've been having weird dreams lately. Like a dream about someone else's life? Uh, it's all so fuzzy. Wait a sec. I've got it! It's memories from a previous life! Or maybe your subconscious linked to the Everett interpretation of the multiverse! Keep your full huh. mouth shut! Wait a minute, Tashi! Yeah. Don't tell me you were the one who wrote in my notebook! Huh? Forget it. But you really were acting just a little funny yesterday, mm -hmm. Mitsuha. Mm -hmm. You been feeling okay? That's what's weird. I feel fine. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Retro Movie Podcast, the podcast where everything is connected. I'm your host, Jacob Thompson, and joining me is my co-host, friend, and the person most likely to spit his dinner into a cup, seal it away to ferment it, and then drink it a few years later. Alex Perkins. Perk, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm well, thanks. Booze is expensive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's my counter here. It's like... Yep, you gotta invest. You gotta do what you gotta do. Plan mm -hmm. for the future. <laughs> you never know when we're gonna get here. locked down again. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. This is the show where every week Perk and I review a movie connected to the last one we watched. Uh, if you like our show, you can follow us on YouTube and TikTok, and we post on podcast services pretty much every Friday. Um, if you like our show, tell your friends about it and come watch the movies with us. Last week, we watched uh, the Studio Ghibli movie Howl's Moving Castle, and we're like, all right, let's move away into one of my favorite anime movies and one of the highest grossing anime films of all time. Uh, your name, our connection being Ryonosuke Kamiki, who played Markle in the sub of Houseman Castle, and he plays Taki uh, in Your Name. So, uh, yeah, Perk, why don't you intro it for us? Yeah, all right. So, uh, Your Name is a 2016 joint directed by Makoto Shinkai, starring uh, the aforementioned Ryonosuke Kamiki and Mone Kamishiraishi. Oh, nice, sorry. you got it. <laughs> I, I tried my best. Um, and it follows two teenagers who, mm -hmm. uh, on a you know random twist of fate, end up switching bodies every other day. And then one day the the switches stop happening, and and Taki the boy uh, tries to go figure out what uh, happened to Mitsuha and. And find her in her village, and and antics ensue. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, couple couple fun facts about this one: uh, the red braided cord that Mitsuha wears in her hair uh, represents the invisible red string of fate that connects someone to their fated person, mm -hmm. according to Japanese tradition. Uh, and then the this movie was the first non Ghibli or Miyazaki movie. To gross over a billion yen. Hell yeah. Yeah. Love to see it. Uh Perk, I've seen this movie before, so I'll go to you first. What did you think of your name? I don't I don't know if you want to go to me first, Jacob. Oh I, okay. All right. I uh I I'm pretty lukewarm on it, honestly. Okay. Um it is the the standout for me is the animation, it's beyond gorgeous. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just really pleasant to look at and I think there's a lot that works really well um, I was just a little put off by 
the story feeling like kind of just some recycled bits from other stuff I've seen many times. Interesting. Um, okay. Maybe not many, but they, they feel like it's a, it's a combination of a couple well-beaten tropes um, in my opinion. And I think it works. And I think this, that it revolving around a really strong central relationship helps it. But uh, overall, I, I think it's just a, a little underwhelming. I think the first half of the movie, I was borderlining on board uh, the second half certainly pulls it back, but it, you know, it used something I've seen before to do so. So I, I don't know. I, it has, it absolutely has merit. It's really well made. It's really well vocally acted, really well animated. Um, it just, it left a little to be desired for me. Okay. Interesting. Um, for me, I really love this movie. Um, I was worried on the rewatch knowing the twist that that would kind of take away from it and not be as, as fun to watch. Um, but I think there's a lot of little hints and like clues throughout the movie that if you know what's going on, you can see them ahead of time, which is really fun. Uh, yeah, um, I have to imagine there's a lot of stuff on rewatch that you'd catch. Like he wears that red bracelet the whole movie. Yep. Yep. And she puts it in her in her hair the whole movie. So I yep. think with an attentive eye on a rewatch, I think stuff like that would stand out and be really cool. Even the first scene is in the present day. And they're talking about things that don't make sense until you've seen the whole movie because it's it kind of shows like the last scene in the beginning and some of the comment and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think this movie is go- like beautiful. I, I I agree on the first like re- when I first watched it, like the first half, I'm like this is solid, like this is good. But I'm like I'm surprised why it's so highly rated. And then the twist happens, and it's like oh she's three years in the past and she's dead. I was like oh shit, like this is awesome. And then um, I really love the the climax, and it's just. I don't know. I, I I think it actually hit me harder on the second viewing because because I knew what was going on. I didn't have to think as hard to like understand. And I just really loved uh, all the relationships this movie uh, between them, of course, and then also like the grandma. I think is uh, really fun to watch with her interactions and uh, the sister is really great. Um, yeah, I just I love this movie. And the, the other thing that I caught in this rewatch was just the soundtrack is fucking awesome. Like I absolutely adore uh, the soundtrack by Rad Wimps. Like all the the vocal songs I think are awesome. Like we get like an actual like intro song with the opening credits, which is awesome. We get like an that interlude. Felt, yeah. That felt very anime, which yeah, I, I can appreciate that for sure. Yeah. We need it in more movies, man. Um, I really love that. And then yeah, we get like a song in the middle when they're kind of going back and forth a lot. Um, and then some songs at the end, like the final song is playing when they're looking for each other at the end, I think is really beautiful. So um, yeah, I love this movie. Um, and I agree. I, I think the animation itself is, is gorgeous like the landscapes we get of not only in the countryside but also in tokyo are mm-hmm. like equally gorgeous and they did a great job with all that yeah one of the, one of the things about the animation that struck me uh above all as well is there are a lot of just really cool uh scenes where the camera swivels around a character and mm-hmm. they play with the depth of the image mm-hmm. and i think it, it looks stunning it looks flawless um, there were a couple times where I think some of the, cause I, I don't know how any of this stuff works, but it's like a lot of the <laughs> characters and, and everything felt, they felt hand drawn because of the, the way they're animated on twos and threes. And mm-hmm. then occasionally there would be something like, like a pop can falling in a machine that was too smooth where it's like, this was, this seems like it was put in by a computer and. 
I had the same kind of struggle with uh, Demon Slayer Mugen Train, where mm. when it gets all uh, wordy, I, I, I almost feel like if you just chopped up the animation, it would fit in a little... A little better, but that that's not an actual nitpick. Um, sorry, right. I, I got I think, off track, but I'm saying... I think what those... you're noticing is when they use a 3D model or not. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it definitely is a little bit noticeable. And yeah, I, I feel like in... There, there's a common talk about... There's like movie quality animation and then like normal animation for like mm-hmm. a show. And you can tell it's like if you're watching a movie, it's like, okay, this is a higher level. But I feel like sometimes it takes away just a little bit. If they, like you said, with that pop can. I know exactly what you're talking about because that scene really sticks out. And it's just like, it, it's almost too good. And I need you to like pull yeah. back a little bit. Right. Um, yeah. It feels like there aren't rough edges. It's, it's almost a little too clean, but that there, that I, I got off track. My, I was commenting on how the, <laughs> the landscapes when the camera is turning mm-hmm. are so cool. And the way they play with depth is just really imaginative and not something I've really seen before. Yeah. And light as well, like some lens flare and just kind of reflections, mm-hmm. I think are really well done. I think, as animations progress, that's one thing we've gotten gotten better. It's just kind of like water droplets and just kind of reflections of light and even through water. Like those kind of things I think have gotten much, much, much better um, since, you know, hand-drawn stuff. This I'm sure this is all hand-drawn, but like digitally drawn, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, for, for most of this. And then uh, the I, I love it when... So some of my favorite episodes of... Like Bojack Horseman per se mm-hmm. is the like the stupid piece of shit episode mm-hmm. where they really kind of play with the animation style and kind of go yeah. for something more like uh, it's pretentious to say avant garde and I don't even know what that means but like, <laughs> something more out there something more unique I, I love when we get to see stuff like that and I thought in particular the scene where he goes to their shrine mm-hmm. and he drinks her spit backwash. Uh, when he like fades away into like almost like a fever dream i love that scene yeah it's so gorgeous the the way that like the thread kind of goes through and all the beautiful colors and it like there's an effervescence to that scene that's just it's so fun to watch it's a really involving scene yeah that scene is is gorgeous um another thing that I, i caught on this rewatch that i didn't fully and i still don't get you're more of the themes guy than me or the symbolism guy but the grandma talking about how, you know, the traditions they do, they lost all the records of why they do them. So they just do the form to keep it passed on to the future. And I think it's just a really interesting idea of like these, you know, the traditions they do. And it's like, they don't even know why they're doing them, but it's just, we got to pass on the history. We got to move it on. I'm sure there's some way that ties in to the main themes, but I, I can't figure it out. But I yeah. just, I thought that was an interesting concept. It's not something I've thought critically about, but I also thought that that was a very interesting touch um and yeah i i also like that i like that it's like well why do we do this we just do Mm -hmm. it's uh to to preserve tradition even though we don't really know why yeah but if we stop doing it it will be gone like forever because there's no like written record of it right um yeah but uh speaking about the structure of this movie too i really like how we start with uh mizuha for like a large chunk of the movie before we even see taki Granted, she's swooping in his body, but like, um, it's like kind of all her for the first bit. And you're in, I mean, I, I assume you knew the premise a little bit before going in, maybe not, but it's like, okay, what's going on? Like what exactly is happening? And then we finally get them both figuring it out. Um, 
But I like we're kind of with her the first half, and then with Taki the second half. And that was a good way to balance the film. I agree with you. I think that that structure works super well, and they do something similar uh, after the the midpoint, um, where after the midpoint we cut to Taki because he's no longer, you know, he's no longer switching. We pick up mm-hmm. with his story, and then we follow him on his journey, uh, and then you know he he drinks the spit wine and. Then we follow Mitsuha again when she wakes up as Taki and and she kind of takes over after they switch back at Twilight. Um, I, I think you're right. I think the way that because it could very easily get confusing if you're constantly swapping. Mm-hmm. They do that a little bit at the start, but that's kind of to just establish what's going on. Yeah. Um, and then when they settle into the story, you're right. It's more. Like we're going to follow Taki for a bit and then Mitsuha for a bit. And I think that, yeah, you're right. That structure, while it's sneaky because you don't really notice it unless you're looking mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it makes the movie flow really well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really appreciated that. Um, and yeah, the, the scene we do get to the, that set to music of them going back and forth really fast. I think it's just really fun because it's them like fucking with each other, or, like writing on their faces and all that stuff. Um, just like the me- the mechanics of the body swapping, I think it's really because we all seen Freaky Friday, right? Great mm-hmm. movie. But like, I like how they have to leave notes for each other in their phones. Like, how would you actually do this if this happened to you? I think it, I just really liked how they had to to manage it, and you got to go to work, and you got to go to school, and do all this kind of stuff. Yeah, but it, it opens up some like some slight plot holes, which I'm again, I'm not nitpicking. I don't really. This doesn't really bug me, but never in this whole span of of switching bodies did you like look at a sign that said the name of the town <laughs> well no, they're remembering stuff and th- th- that's something too that, that my okay. first watch is like i feel like they would have remembered stuff better or like well when i first watched it i'm like why don't they just call each other and then that gets we are yeah later. well but yes um and that was my whole, thought too but yeah I, not being able to find the town given they don't really waste a lot of time with that and there's a nice scene where they do find the town but yeah but um, that's something I didn't really fully fun. appreciate the first time watching is like, and I got more this time. And Grant, I wish they showed it more visually as opposed to just saying it so much. But it's like trying to remember a dream and how yeah. hard that is to do. Right. Like if any, I'm sure people have tried at some point. Like it's really, really fucking hard. And I wish there was some sort of visual because it's animated. You can do something like that. There's some visual indication or just some effect that showed that like happening as opposed to just them saying I remember and then I don't. Um, I think it's one thing that could have elevated the film, but, um, yeah, that's something on the second watch that I definitely like understood more of like, yeah, it's really hard to remember a dream. Yeah. And I, I think they played that out well in the, after the, at the, at the climax, I don't know, in the, in the, mm-hmm. near the end of the movie when they're both like losing, forgetting each other's name. And then Taki didn't even write his name because he's a dumbass. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I thought that the, they played with that really well, where it's like literally just trying to remember a dream, and you see like a glint of something that, and like it's the the thread, the mm-hmm. the woven time braid, and it uh, you know it still ties them together even though they've lost the memories. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like that. I like that you know the what you mentioned the logic that you know you forget a dream. It's like trying to remember a dream. Yeah. Because I, I was thinking this watch, I'm like, do they never like, we we're doing homework and had to write the year, you know? Like, yeah. But right? you didn't that's, see a that's billboard a thing that, with today's date. 
but that's something that could be obscured because it's a dream and none of them would think to talk about it maybe because they're like oh we're just trying to manage the life you know also you um, can you can explain that away too because you don't focus on details like that in a dream yeah you, yeah. you know like they when uh uh, Mitsuha in Taki's body keeps going to a cafe. You remember the cafe. You remember what you yeah. ate. You don't remember <laughs> like what the newspaper said the date was. Yeah, I really like that. How he's like, stop eating so much. Stop wasting my money. And she's like, stop working so much. Like, I'm working so much because you're spending all my money. <laughs> <laughs> like all that stuff was was really great. Um, and her like uh, going on dates with the girl at work that he likes, and she actually all that all that stuff. she likes she likes her and all that stuff was really fun um yeah and i i think yeah i think this movie like does a lot it benefits from a rewatch because i was able to just kind of relax and just enjoy it whereas the first time like but what about this and do this and i also i don't know if you were actually mad but i was also mad that taki didn't write his name it's like bro come on but I on rewatch, i'm like it's i wasn't it's, actually it's mad but it's like light yeah. it's like lightly dumb like come on dude yeah and then so i was I, like say i love you love Taki. <laughs> <laughs> well and then the end i was like if they end this movie without them meeting up i'm gonna fucking lose it and thankfully they do but they really tease you <laughs> yeah no they, they they do uh they do like a fake out like three times in a row it's like oh come on mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and then they you gotta have the, a happy ending at the very end they're about to do another fake out i'm like no 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 i've had mm-hmm. enough of this they're not gonna walk <laughs> past each other again mm-hmm. you're just stalling for time at this point yeah oh man um, yeah I, I really love this movie one, one other thing i wanted to quickly mention i wonder how they did it in the dub is the first time that mitsura's in taki's body and she uses the female uh pronoun of i mm-hmm. and his friends are like, what are you saying? I, I wonder how they did that. In I the bet dub you there. that scene just doesn't translate. I bet you. Yeah. Well, I bet they had to do something else. Yeah, to... they filled some other, you know, some other feminine thing in there. But because yeah. it would it would work in something like Spanish, you know, where there's yeah. uh, there's gendered pronouns and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, and then, yeah, I, I love where it ended, which we touched on. Mm-hmm. I, I like the. You know, they actually finally break the tension and talk to each other, and then it kind of mm-hmm. fades to the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, I do wish, though, that they hadn't cut away when Mitsuha was about to have her confrontation with her father. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I would have liked to have some sort of cathartic moment with the two of them, although they don't yeah. really develop the father too much. But Yeah, they don't really have time to, and no. yeah, that's one part of the movie that was a little bit undercooked it would be nice to have that moment um but i think it it's not a short movie so yeah i i can see where some things maybe hit the cutting room floor and i much prefer the scenes with the grandma and it's like there's gonna be more of those man (laughs) she's the the entire scene where they're walking up the mountain to the shrine i think is just gorgeous um so yeah she was awesome and it will yeah because sorry i'm just remembering because he her dad figures out that um Taki's in her body he figures out something is amiss yeah because and I'm like okay so was he dreaming with her mom because the grandma's like oh I dreamed and your mom dreamed and yeah something one like a couple more lines to resolve that would have been nice but yeah that's what it is um but yeah I'm too much more to say about this movie. I, I I really love it um I loved it even more on the second watch um I would definitely recommend it but maybe not you Perk 
No, I would I would also <laughs> recommend it. Um, I would especially recommend it if uh, you haven't seen one of the movies that I would recommend. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into that. What would you recommend based on this movie? So, the first half of this movie is Freaky Friday. And I mm-hmm. will, of course, recommend the Jamie Lee Curtis, Lindsay Lohan version. I'm sure there's an older version, but that version slaps. It really does. Uh, I haven't watched it in so long. And then the second movie, which you may not have seen. The second half of the movie is just, it's The Lake House. I have not seen that film. It's no. a romantic drama thriller starring Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves. Oh. And it's like super critically panned, and I love it. <laughs> uh, so really, you just have a vendetta against the people that didn't like the lake house. That's what I'm hearing. Something like that. No, I, I just, because as, as soon as the twist happens, I'm like, oh, it's the lake house. Cause, so the plot of the lake house is Sandra Bullock moves in i think she's a writer and she rents like a, a a lake house for the summer to write her book um and she through i forget what sets it into motion but she like opens the uh mailbox and it, there's a letter from the guy who built the house keanu reeves and you know she responds to the letter and she'll just come back out one morning and there's there's a letter in the box and they're corresponding and you know they they you know fall in love over over pen pals and they're like let's meet up and so uh they they go to meet up and you know he no shows and she no shows and it's because they're sending messages to each other from two years apart Mm. and this is the kicker. I'm going to spoil this 2006 movie. Sorry to all the <laughs> listeners. If you really want to watch The Lake House, which I I repeat, nobody likes this movie, but I love mm-hmm. it. Um, it turns out, at, like early on in the movie, Sandra Bullock witnesses a car accident and a man is killed. And she tries to save him, but she can't. The man is Keanu Reeves, um, who dies going to meet her uh at their planned date but she doesn't know about that yet because she hasn't Mm -hmm. gotten to the lake house Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. and so like frantically at the end of the movie sandra bullock sends another letter like if you love me do not do not go to meet me at the cafe or whatever come to the lake house at this date at this time and they uh you know they avoid his death and he comes to the lake house and happily ever after so do you, you see where I'm coming from? Where yeah, I'm like, yeah, for I, sure. <laughs> I, I've seen this story before, um, which don't get me wrong. I mean, this is like a better rendition of the story. <laughs> mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the fact that I've seen it before kind of took a little off the top for me. No, for sure. And I was thinking about that recently of like, because I, I feel like we watched something on the podcast recently or maybe it was a bonus review where I had the same thing where it's like, I this is good, but I've seen it before. So it's not, it's not hitting as hard. And it... it it's amazing how much that affects things. And it like it sucks. Like, but I think we just like need uniqueness and we need new stuff to keep us maybe it's because we're in this age of the golden age of media where we can just watch anything whenever we want. Like it's just gotta be fresh, you know. Right. Um, but uh, your name is fresh enough. It's just the the story so closely follows a couple of movies that are, you know, right. have a surprising amount of real estate in my mind. Right. Um <laughs> that I was just kind of always reminded of them. Um, do, so yeah, do Keanu it, and Sandra have chemistry? I mean, they were also the leads in Speed. 
You're not wrong. I still got to watch Speed. I've never I need seen to watch Speed. <laughs> they, they must have had something because I think Speed came out. Or no. Yeah, that Speed was the came 80s. out first. Yeah, Maybe so 90s. This is a, a reunion 94. of sorts. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, they probably um, didn't have very good. I mean, as I said, this is this is not well, like a don't get me wrong. I love successful Keanu. movie. Yeah, we all love Keanu. Is he the best actor? No, but we love him all the same. No, he's kind of terrible, but he's good at what he does. He's lovable, you know. Yeah, and great. he plays John Wick really well, where he has like four lines of dialogue the whole movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the perfect role. Um, I would recommend a movie called Ride Your Wave uh, that I watched during the podcast. I remember talking about the podcast probably a year ago. Um, this is another anime movie that came out in 2022. Yeah. Um, and if you want another kind of romantic drama with a, a twist, which is this um, surfer, I think she's a surfer, is dating this firefighter and he dies. Um, but then things happen where they're trying to stay together after the fact. Um, and it's a really, it's fun, but also very sad and it, it, it's a good time i would recommend watching Roger wave if you want like a nice summer kind of flick um about a, a romance like that so um i think it's on HBO max so you can check that out if you want um but yeah that is our review of your name before we reveal our watching next week i gotta give some bonus reviews because perk is slacking once again yeah i'm off the ball and i'm probably not gonna have any next week either <laughs> I'm, i'll work on it he's too busy traveling the globe Partying um, it up like crazy. Jet satin, as they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll stay on the anime train. The first thing I watched uh, this week was an anime called Run with the Wind. Um, I was listening to an anime podcast and someone recommended this. And I was like, you know what? I'll check it out. Um, this is a sports anime about a college track and field team. Um, There's just an anime for everything, isn't there? There really is. There really is, Bert. Um <laughs> And it's, the premise is kind of hard to explain, but I'll do my best here. Basically, you got a freshman coming in who is, he's fast, Bert. He can really, he can move. And he gets recruited uh, to come live at this um, off-campus house um, because he has no money. And they're like, ah, we, you can live here. Um, and it turns out that the kind of leader of the house, one of the students, this freshman was the 10th the person. They're trying to get 10 people. And he's like, all right, now we have 10 people. We're going to form a track and field team. Everyone's like, what? Because everyone else who lived there before didn't know about this. Uh, and he's like, yeah, look. And it's like on fine print and like the lease, like you join the track and field team and you live in this house. Um, and so it's a bunch of like ten, eight amateurs and two runners. And the goal is to run. And I'm sure this must be a real race. Uh, it's called the Hakone Aikiden, um, which is a relay race in Japan that is 10 people. Each one runs like a half marathon um and it's a college race um and like we're gonna work up and we're gonna run this um so i mean for me it was someone who ran in high school um i definitely was able to connect to it a bit more and also gave me some trauma memories of <laughs> how painful running is and how much races suck um but you know it's, it's it's a good show man i i think it was a little bit overhyped for me for the person talking about it who was recommending it i think like the animation is fine like it is very serviceable there is nothing you know enticing about it there's no really x factor like it's it's animated to deserve like to deliver the story it doesn't elevate too much um i think the story itself is solid you got 10 dudes kind of each going the little character arcs and developing and they're it's a good group of people they're very lovable um you know it's not the best sports anime i've seen you know it's no haiku 
but you know, it's solid. So I think if you got, if you, if you, especially if you ran in the past competitively, um, and you want like a pretty good sports anime with some nice characters, check out Run with the Wind. It's it's a good time, you know. And then uh, the other movie, I, or the, the movie I watched, uh, which I was very much looking forward to, was Old Boy. Um, 20 year anniversary. They brought it back. AMC brought it back into theaters. Like it's a new remastered version, apparently. And Burke and I were, we were wanted to watch it on the podcast at some point, but you just can't watch it. Like you can't rent it. You can't stream it. Um, so I'm like, you know what? It's in theaters. This is my chance to, to go check it out. And um, it was really interesting. So I, you know, went in there and the movie starts with a message from the director. And he's like, hey, you know, I imagine there's a lot of people who haven't seen this movie before. There's a lot of young people coming in. And he's like, uh, <laughs> I'll give you some advice. This movie is very violent. Uh, there's a lot of nudity, and if you like Octopi, you probably shouldn't watch this movie. <laughs> um, and, he, and then he also said, it's okay to laugh. There are some ironic and funny scenes. Like, it's okay to laugh uh, if you feel like it. Um, which honestly was a great primer, because I knew it was going to be, like, intense, but it was nice to hear the director be like, hey, like you'll be okay, but also, like, be aware of this stuff. Um, it's, Perk, this is, a, this is an incredible movie. The movie was amazing. And I think the misconception, at least for me, going in was I thought this was like people like Old Boy because it's an action movie. It's got the hallway scene. You know, it's it's like a John Wick of the past or whatever. To me, that is not even close to the most impressive thing about this movie. It's not even an action movie. Like, it's not. It's a revenge movie, and it's about these two characters that are put against each other. And I, I think this movie has my favorite villain I've ever seen in a film. Like, this is like... People always say, like, Joker from The Dark Knight, best villain. I mean, I think this villain tops Joker. Easy. Um, absolutely incredible. I think the characterization for the main character and the villain uh, are so well done. And you complete like, I, this movie is batshit crazy of what happens and all that. But, like, I bought that the characters did every single thing they were doing. Like, I completely believe them and believe they would do the things they did. Um I kind of skipped over what the premise is. For those who don't know, the premise is is a, a dude in Korea, just kind of a, a random guy, um, gets kidnapped one day, and he's in prison for 15 years at, like, some random place. It's not, like, an actual prison. It's, like, somebody kidnapped him, put him in this, like, hotel room, essentially, and locked him up for 15 years, and then they let him out, and he's, like, figure out why you were in prison. Like, figure out who did this and why they did it, and he got five days to figure it out. Um, and... Yeah, and this dude, the main character, wants revenge because, like, whoever did this to me, like, they needed to pay. And then the person who did it to him, it's like, okay, he wanted revenge on him for some reason, but why did he? And, man, dude, this movie is just, it's so fucking good. <laughs> and I know they made an American version with Josh Brolin. With Josh and Brolin, yeah. It's just, why? Why? Like, Because it, it's a I good just, story and it worked overseas, but they're... They think Americans are afraid of subtitles, which I know they are. It's it's so sad, and I hope this limited showing does well. I haven't looked at the numbers, but this movie hasn't skipped a beat, man. Like a, a tiny bit of the CGI looks a little bit off, you know, like because obviously it was twenty years ago, but it still looks pretty fucking good for the time. Um, there's not a lot of CGI, but um, that's the only thing I can nitpick. This movie completely holds up. Um, it's fucked up for sure, but like I said, all the characters are super believable, and it makes sense that they do the things they do. So, I, if you have the ability to watch this movie, I cannot recommend it enough. You gotta, you gotta watch Old Boy. It is so, so, so well done. And Perk, it's got an ambiguous ending, which I know you'll love. Oh, I do. Um, I'm gonna try to see it. It looks like it's in 
theaters still for this coming week. Um, Ooh, okay. So I yeah, I will definitely try and get out there because yeah, you're right. I think like there's no, no way to find it, nowhere to stream it. Yeah, so. I'm sure you could torrent it, but we don't. We don't. Uh, no, we only the do the legals here. Mm-hmm. Um, the other candidates thing, it wasn't amazing, but after the film, there was a, essentially a directors on directors. Uh, Nicholas Winding Refn, who's the director of Drive, yeah, uh, interviewing uh, the director of Old Boy, which I should grab his name. Probably is there's some inspiration taken there. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred. Park Park Chan Wook. Um, he doesn't ask like the most amazing questions; like they're fine. Sure. Um, but it was nice to hearing some kind of behind the, the scenes on the movie and how he kind of approaches film. Apparently, he said that he's he does like probably some of the most detailed storyboards of any director working. Like he just okay. storyboards the entire movie and follows it like ninety percent. Um, and yeah, like it's so obvious that Nicholas Winding Refn was inspired by this movie. And I think like Old Boy is what I wanted Drive to be. Like okay. Drive, I think was a bit too hyper violent for me. We watched on the podcast. You can go back and listen to our episode yeah. on it. Um, it didn't fully work for me. Um, old boy is just the superior version <laughs> of, of that movie. So, um, yeah, respect to Nicholas, but I think, you know, th- he didn't quite capture what made this movie special. And I think it is the characters like uh, end of the day. Yeah. There's amazing action. It's, it's a beautiful movie. Uh, like the art direction is insane, but in the, the day it is the, the dynamic between these characters and they are just so, so well fleshed out. Um, so yeah, you gotta, you gotta see it. People you gotta see old boy. And make sure to stay tuned to the pod for uh, our South Korean thread we do. Mm-hmm. Where I'm, I'm probably going to suggest another Park Chan-wook movie. Oh, yeah. We'll, we should definitely we'll, we'll watch see. more of his stuff. We'll see. Yeah. He, he had one it's, come out last year that I really wanted to see. Didn't get around to. So What What is interesting, and I, I don't fully understand this, and I'll just briefly talk about it because if, if people are going to see it. So apparently Old Boy is not necessarily a sequel, but like kind of a sequel to another movie he did called, um, Symp- I think, let me look it up. I think it's called Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance or something like that. Sounds uh, appropriate. Here we go. That's what I want. Dun, dun, dun. Was decision to leave the one you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. I remember seeing, I remember you talking about that or seeing an ad for it. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah. Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance was 2002. And Old Boy 2003. And he mentioned Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance in the interview after the movie and how that was kind of like a, a test run or because it's way more minimalist. But then there was another movie that came out uh, two years later called Lady Vengeance or Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. So I don't think they're like a trilogy, but it's like a thematic trilogy maybe. Um, but this dude dislikes making movies about revenge. <laughs> I'm not sure why. Fair um, enough. So, yeah, there's that if you want to do a triple feature but um yeah i'm so happy i made it out to this movie i was I, i'll admit like when i was sitting in that scene he's explaining it's gonna be like violent and a lot of sexual stuff that maybe kind of fucked i'm like i don't know i might regret this but i definitely like i had to i had to look through my eyes a couple times uh on some of the torture scenes um but besides that yeah it's just it's incredible so go see old boy please but yeah that is our show for this week Next week, very excited for this perk. We're gonna watch Ghosts in the Shell, the original, not the ScarJo version. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> we're doing <laughs> Ghosts in the Shell. Our connection is an animator named Hideki Hamasu, um, who is an animator in both films. He, I looked, he's got like seventy-five credits. This dude's been working um, 
so i'm excited to see uh you know just the, just the animation to go show in general i've seen some clips that are just amazing but um that is streaming on amazon prime tubi and freebie so you got some options there um but yeah ghost in the shell next week uh, but until then thanks for watching bye bye